Hello and welcome to Encountering God with Tom and Sarah. I am your host, Tom and Sarah, and what we try to do and what our purpose is, is to give you an opportunity to encounter God through our uh, daily, weekly broadcasts that we have, to know that he loves you emphatically and to be strengthened to go on for one more day. So I want to want you to sit back and to enjoy yourself as we go through this time. God bless you. Today I'm going to talk about my salvation. I'm going to talk about how I became born again. I'm going to give you a little bit of background, very little, uh, of my BC years. And, um, you know, I was born and raised in this little small township uh, called South Orange, New Jersey. I was born in New York, uh, in Newark, New Jersey, actually, at St. Michael's Hospital. And uh, in that in that time, growing up uh, through the 60s, I remember early 60s, my dad used to work in the building across the street from old Yankee Stadium. And uh, in, in 1962, I got to see green grass baseball for the first time and Mickey Mantle playing. And it was amazing. I was five. And so and so we would go through and then I had one set of grandparents that lived in um, in, in, in the Newark, New Jersey area on Spring, right off of Springfield Avenue. I think it was 10th Street uh, off of Springfield Avenue. And you remember in 68 when they had the riots uh, on Springfield Avenue in Newark, New Jersey. That's, well, that's where my grandparents lived. And uh, right, right near there. I mean, like I remember spending the night there one time at her place and you could hear gunshots. That uh, was crazy. Um, and then I had one other grandparent that lived in uh, Roscoe, Pennsylvania. She, uh, she, a small little place. It was just like, you know, like only a block long, it seemed. And so it wasn't really that big. But uh, we, we were there and just having a great time. It was just really, really a good time. Uh, so we would go every summer and stay with her. Um, I remember all my all my relatives, my dad's cousins, um, and also it was really, really cool to be with them. They were all about my age, actually. My dad's cousins were about my age. It was crazy. Uh, so we, we were able to actually just have fun together. It was really awesome. So I'm going to fast forward here to 1973. Um, you know, 1969, uh, let me go back here. My, my grandmother, uh, was really, really sick. I think it was 68 or 69. My grandmother was really, really sick. Uh, she was in Fresno, California at the time. And I remember my dad flying out to Fresno to get her to bring her back and live with us and stay with us. And basically she was there, um, only to, um, to, for the rest of her life. Basically, she wasn't expected to live very long. So my, um, my dad moved her in. We, we were all moved in. We got this other place, this other house. And um, <clears throat> I had these experiences every Christmas. And it was really crazy. And, and I'm just going to share this experience every Christmas. We lived in a house that we rented at the bottom floor of a house off of a, uh, from somebody. And, um, and I remember every Christmas Eve, I would try to go to sleep. And in my bedroom, in my bedroom, there was... Um, always a procession. I always felt like there was a procession going on in my house ready for, um, ready for the, uh, you know, like, I don't know when, when you said, you know, like, I don't know if you'd ever seen the manger scenes, uh, for, for Jesus. And, but there, there was like angels, there were, there were Kings, there were, uh, gifts. And I remember Jesus in the manger, you know, and, 
And I grew up Roman Catholic, so this wasn't weird for me. I was just kind of like thought, but I never slept Christmas Eve. I never, I never did for all these years. And uh, up until actually, uh, actually until 1973, I had not been able to sleep any Christmas because I really, I had this vision. I had this thing where this procession of angels and, and kings and shepherds and, and Mary and Joseph and, and, and Jesus and all of these things in my room, they crammed themselves into my room. Okay. And I remember that. I remember that succinctly. I, there's a couple of dreams I remember, and that was one of them um, from those years. And then I had um, an experience in January of 1973. So I'm in high school. I'm in, I just finished, or I'm in my sophomore year of high school. And, uh, and I remember uh, one night, I was heavily into sports too. I, I loved basketball, baseball, softball, football. Um, hockey, you know, we played street hockey. A couple times we played ice hockey, but I stunk at ice skating. And every time the puck would hit my my stick, I would fall. So they put me at goalie, and every time the puck hit my stick, I'd still fall. It was pretty funny. But we played street hockey where, where in the wintertime, the snow would be packed down, and we would be able to play street hockey there. Uh, not much driving going on, so we were able to play full games. We played street football. We played football in the in the parks and the playgrounds. It was crazy. Uh, we played we played baseball in the playground. We had a small playground across the street from where we lived, and and uh, it was called Carter Park. and And uh, there was a big tree that was first base. There was uh, we would put a square at second base. Uh, the monkey bar pole was third base. You know, it was just shaped like a diamond. And home plate was down uh, at the far. Um, at the far end of the park, and so we would play. Uh, we, we would play with a tennis ball and 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 uh, like sticks, broomsticks. And uh, of course, there was a car wash across the street, and the goal was to hit the ball into the car wash, <laughs> especially when it was closed. That was the goal. Um, I remember we would hit the ball there, and the owner would come out and yell at us. It was pretty funny. So we we had this thing that we were doing every day. And so this is, I was heavily involved in sports, loved the Knicks, loved Dave DeBusher, you know, Bill Bradley and, and Walt Frazier and Earl Monroe and Willis Reed, you know, the, the starting five, Phil Jackson was playing at that time. Um, and then when we would go to the park, we would have these sleeveless t-shirts and we would write numbers in black on our, on our uh, shirts. So that we knew who each other was. It was funny. And um, and we would play at the park. We had a basketball net there, um, and so which actually the basketball rim was was the pitcher's mound for baseball when we played baseball. It was nuts. Anyway, <clears throat> so in January of '73, I remember at that moment um, I was waiting for the New York Knicks to come on. I don't remember which Saturday it was, but it was a Saturday, and um, you know I can pick four, but I, I don't want to be exaggerating here. Um, <clears throat> and so I remember Billy Graham crusade was on just before the Knicks on channel 11. I remember channel 11 WPIX and, um, and, and Billy Graham came on before the Knicks game. And I, I, I missed time. The Knicks game I was there a half hour early and Billy Graham crusade was on, you know, Billy Graham's crusade was only a half hour long on television. And so uh, I watched it and they had George Beverly Shea. They had the lady singing, I don't remember her name. Uh, she, she would sing the His Eye is on the Sparrow. And then Billy Graham would get up and talk. And I don't remember the whole message. But I remember the, the, the scripture verse that he used. <clears throat> Excuse me. He used the verse that said, 
that said, uh, uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That was Hebrews 9.22. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And so that really struck me, and it, and it stuck with me. And I remember praying the prayer with, with Mr. Graham, and, and uh, I mailed a letter in, Billy Graham, Evangelistic Association, Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, I don't remember the zip code. But I sent it in. I got a Haley's Bible handbook and some, some literature to, to tell me what to do next. So at that time, I started to become a really, really good Roman Catholic. I mean, I was probably the best one in our city next to my dad. And, uh, and I remember, remember going to church and really getting into it, doing all the gestures, doing all the prayers, uh, going to confession. Um, I do remember this. When I would go to confession, I would always, <laughs> I would always lie and try to exaggerate my sins. <laughs> Because I was just, it was just weird. I would just, I would just lie. And then the last one I would confess was, and I lied. That's exactly how I said it. And uh, so the priest, you know, would, would, would tell me what to do. <clears throat> and so, uh, and I did that. I, I was like so faithful. I really did, I really did the work for, for those months. And I remember as June approached, uh, after school was let out, after my sophomore year of school let out, um, I remember I started to be depressed, and I was scared, and I was lonely, and I was um, feeling useless, and and really depressed. I mean, you know, I was very, very depressed. Uh, you know, I want to. I don't know if I would have taken my life. I did try a few times, but I, you know, I wasn't really into that. But uh, I really felt like I, I should, and so. Uh, and I remember, you know, I would go out with my friends. And we would play together. We would do this stuff. And I had a friend who um, his brother had, uh, uh, not his brother, but a friend of the family had died in a, in a tragic bicycle accident. Uh, a truck ran him off the road. He impaled himself. He, he passed away. But I remember at the funeral uh, that they worshipped. They were praising God. They were singing. They were just happy. <clears throat> and I really wanted that. I didn't have that. Um, and then so... Here comes August 4th, 1973. I remember this day emphatically. Uh, very, very clearly, I remember it. Uh, my friends invited me to play a church softball game. And so I went with them. Uh, I was part of a church called Orchard Park Church in Union, New Jersey. And we were playing this church, I don't know, Caldwell. I don't know if it was North Caldwell or whatever. But anyway, we went to the, the church. They had a facility to play softball. So we played softball there. I remember being at third base, and you have to understand, I cursed like a Marine, okay? I was yelling at the batter's fat, you know, and just cursing at him. And, and everybody's like, what are you doing, man? You know, you're supposed to be a Christian. You know, we Christians don't do that. And I was like, don't. You know, I was kind of like, wow, you know, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. And, um, and then so later, I mean, we, we went back to the church. You know, we went to the church to, to have... Um, uh, hamburgers and hot dogs. I ate a lot of food that night because I was a teenager and uh, 16 years old, just turned 16. I was hungry, had like five hot dogs and about three or four hamburgers. And, and, and we sat around, they did some singing. And, um, and I remember the pastor came up and he started to preach. He started to share the gospel about how Jesus died for our sins. And, and I remember some of it from the Billy Graham crusade. And and I, and I was like, wow, this is really deep. I really want this. You know, and I remember saying I really wanted it. I said it on the inside. 
And uh, like in my mind, I was like, I really want this. And people shared testimonies. They shared a testimony of this guy that gave us, you know, that, that I went to the funeral at and um, how he had given his heart to the Lord. And then it dawned on me, well, that's why they were worshiping because he was in heaven. And so I remember uh, all these things. And then the pastor said, if there's anybody here who wants to give their life to the Lord, I want you to raise your hand now. We'll pray for you. And I don't know how, but my hand shot up in the air. I wasn't sitting on it or anything, but my hand shot up in the air. And somebody came over to me and put their hand on my shoulder and we started to pray. They led me in a, in a prayer for salvation. And I was like, wow, this is crazy to good. This is so good. And God did an incredible thing in my heart. And I remember feeling as light as a feather. I felt like there were lights turned on in my body. And, and everything was, was just like brand new. I felt it brand new. And, uh, and I remember my brother saying, don't say anything to mom. We're driving home. Don't say anything to mom. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Why shouldn't I say anything to mom? <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Anyway, uh, you know, I did, didn't, I think that night I didn't say anything to her. I just was so happy. I'd given my heart to the Lord. And I remember uh, for my birthday the previous month, my mom and dad gave me a King James Bible. Now I had read the I had read that King James a couple of things I, I read um, uh, Psalm twenty three a lot uh, I read the Psalms a lot I read I read the Gospel a lot uh, I remember I couldn't read so it was really tough for me to comprehend uh, actually I could read words but I didn't comprehend sentences so it was really difficult for me to do that God has eventually healed me of that uh, here in uh, two thousand and three uh, actually two thousand and fifteen He healed me of that in 2003 was the start of it. And so, you know, I, I learned a lot because I was a very, I was very good at learning by listening. And, uh, you know, and so that's how I was. But, uh, you know, for me to read it, to get information, that was tough. I couldn't do it. So I was reading, you know, I, I just read periodically the Bible. Well, anyway, uh, they, they told me at this meeting that what I needed to do was read the Gospel of John first. Read the Gospel of John first, then go to Matthew and read the whole New Testament through before I even tried the Old Testament. Now, the only Old Testament book I ever read for a while was Psalms, okay? So, I mean, that was good. But I, So I read the Gospel of John. I was like, whoa, Jesus died. And then uh, I read Matthew and Jesus died again. I read Mark, Jesus died again. I said, why do they keep killing this guy? Read Luke, they did it again. And then it was like, it suddenly dawned on me that all four of these were like one story uh, told four different ways. It was, it was, it was stupid. But anyway, um, I'm like, you know, Jesus died for me and the reality of that. And so I, I, I had really given my heart to the Lord on August 4th, 1973. I got involved in, in that uh, Orchard Park Church. Uh, I went to Bible college the following year. Uh, I remember witnessing to my friends and, and I had one friend that we were playing Ultimate Frisbee with. And um, and shared the gospel with him. He went home, shared the gospel with his aunt, with his aunt and uncle, with his grandmother, with his other grandfather, and uh, and then ended up going home and sharing the gospel with his family. Last I heard, he was going up the New England coast, and this is back in the seventies. But he was going up the New England coast, or sharing the gospel on college campuses. Um, I remember. Uh, I don't know if I should use this woman's name, but uh, she was very very. Um, 
a great mother to me at the beginning, um, a great Jesus mother to me. Um, her name was Mary Reardon. And um, the Reardon family were really, really close uh, and really helped me to move mightily in, uh, in, the, in, in the Lord at the beginning. And they introduced me to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I remember uh, I, was so, uh, I was so wanting the Holy Spirit so bad that I remember uh, Frank gave, my friend Frank gave me a book called The Baptism of the Holy Spirit and Speaking in Tongues. And I read it and, um, you know, nothing happened. And I was crying and, and, uh, and, and I remember him just saying, don't worry, God will give it to you. I learned how to play the guitar, did all that. I mean, this is like all after, you know, just within months of my salvation. Um, that was the first Christmas, too, that I was able to sleep, Christmas Eve, that I was able to sleep all night. And, uh, and, and it was such a good time because the Holy Spirit, the, the Jesus had come. I was baptized the following year in 1974 in June, in June. happened to be the coldest day of the summer. Um, <laughs> I think it was June 15th or something like that. It was nuts, but it was so cold. And, uh, and I remember, you know, I had to have that black robe and I wore the black robe and I got in and the girls were wearing the white robe. And um, so there we were, you know, I, I had done what I had to do. My, the following year in 70, uh, that was 74, 75, um, I graduated high school. Um, I remember an Italian class my junior year. I didn't know much about the Bible. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I just read. Um, but I remember an Italian class. Everybody just kept jumping on me about being, you know, about being born again and God and stuff. And, and I'm like, you don't have to believe. I mean, God would, you know, God will make sure the world goes on without you. But you can believe if you want. I said, I don't know much about the Bible. I don't know much about this whole thing of Christianity. But I do know this, that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I remember how Jesus died for me. And I remember saying that. And, and that was it. And, and that was in an Italian class. That was funny. But <clears throat> graduated high school, left high school and, and went to Bible college. Um, had a miracle happen during Bible, you know, as we're going to visit the school in February of my senior year of high school, February of, uh, let's see, 73 was my junior year, 74, my, my, um, I would start my senior year. So this was February of, uh, 76, I think. Junior 73, 74, 74, 75 senior year. So it was actually in 75, February of 1975. I was, uh, we were going up for Bible college for a day, Northeastern Bible college. And I remember the, 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 the speaker said, if, if you don't like it here, I'll help you pack your bags. Well, I already decided to go there. But that day that we were going up there for this college for a day, it, it started out cloudy and cold. Uh, and there was a chance of snow. And sure enough, the snow hit. And my goodness, did it hit. Um, it just snowed and snowed. And in fact, it snowed so hard, there was even thunder. I remember the lightning and the thunder, uh, the, the, the lightning flash and the thunderbolt as we were coming out of chapel and, and the preacher preaching. So we were, uh, we were coming home from school. I think it was like two o'clock or so. It was still light outside and, and the snow was really high. So we got on this highway and they had plowed it. So it was okay. Uh, but, the, but they pushed the snow over to the side to make these snow mountains or snow drifts, whatever it was. And I remember this car swerving out of control. I think it was swerving or cut us off. And my friend Frank, who was driving in his little Vega, he, uh, he, he crashes into this snow bank and 
I mean, it just like he gets out of it and the snow and, and, and literally the car just stalls. And we're like, you've got to be joking. So we get out, look in the thing. And of course, the engine is full of snow. Fan belt is full of snow. Frank had a stick, so it would have been easy to push and start again. But what we had to do was clear the snow out. And so me and my friend Kevin were clearing the snow out of the engine. And, and Kevin said, you know, Frank, don't do anything until we tell you to. So don't know how it happened. I don't know if I said something or if something was said. But we're cleaning out the fan belt area. And Frank starts the motor. And all of a sudden, Kevin's arm, his fingers actually, Kevin's fingers get looped into the wheel, the, the pulley. Uh, or the wheel that goes around the alternator. And uh, those older cars, they had alternators at the time. And so um, they do now too, but this this was crazy. It was like um, his finger is caught with the, with the uh, fan belt pushing his fingers against his pulley thing. And his fingers look like a corkscrew. This was the first miracle. We'll, 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 let me finish this and then we'll stop. And... Um, and then so I remember his, his hand is, is backwards and in, in stuck in his fingers were stuck in the pulley. And I saw his fingers getting crushed. And, uh, and Frank comes running out. He stops the motor. He comes running out. And all he has is his pocket knife that literally, if it was hot, it couldn't put, cut butter. This thing had no sharpness to it at all. And then so he just says, in the name of Jesus, and he touches this fan belt. And the fan belt bursts. I mean, just like almost explodes. He just touches it. And the thing, it just thing loosens up. And Kevin's fingers look like a corkscrew. I mean, like he had three fingers that were all in a corkscrew. Now, I know that there's a hospital just down the road at the next exit. It's about a mile, mile and a half run to get there in the snow. So I remember Frank, you know, we have Kevin in the car. We're keeping him warm. Why I didn't take Kevin to the hospital is beyond me. But I ran, because I, I think it was because I can get there faster. So I ran. I ran track, too. So I ran as fast as I could to get, you know, in, with boots and clothes on, to get to the hospital. And at the hospital was this nurse who happened to be the mother of this guy who had passed away from the bicycle thing. And, um, and I said, Mrs. Richards, you know, I need you to, um, you know, I got Kevin in the car back here. I need an ambulance. We need to go get him. His fingers are crushed, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, there's no ambulances available. Go get him and bring him back. And I'm like, oh, I should have thought of that. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I go running back to him. And as I'm getting to the car, so that's this is like, I don't know how long it takes to run a mile in the snow, mile and a half in the snow, but I had to do it twice. So I ran over to him and I got into the car and I said, Tom, you're not going to believe what happened. And he said, look, look, look. And, and I looked at his fingers, and his fingers were whole. There was no corkscrew. There was no, I mean, there was a little scratch, but there was no bleeding. Um, the bones were fine, and he was just praising the Lord. We were just praising the Lord. And, um, and then so we tied up, I think we tied up a sock, used it as the fan belt. We, we made the sock so it could be thin enough to use, be used as a fan belt. Pushed the car, start, push started the car, and got him, you know, home. Uh, told Ms. Richards, everything's fine. He's okay. God healed him. That was my first miracle as a believer. And and I didn't even pray for him. I mean, that was crazy. Um, there's so much more to this story, uh, the story after Jesus, but I'll, um, after I came to Jesus. But I just wanted you to know that, that it doesn't matter who you are or what you are or what you've been through in your life. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, now is the time. 
If you've never given your life to Jesus, now is the time. He loves you so much. He died for you, and he wants to show you how much he loves you on a regular basis. So today, would you just give your heart to Jesus? Let me lead you in a prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I thank you that you rose from the dead to break the power of death, sin, and hell from my life. So I surrender all that I am to who you are, and I love you. And from this day forward, I will follow you for the rest of my life. Fill me now with the presence of your Holy Spirit. And thank you for taking me into the family. I am no longer an orphan child, but I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God, and I thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, I want you to send me an email. It's at Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. And, uh, and, and I would be glad to, to get some stuff to you for you to be able to, 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 to hear about the Lord and to know what to do next. Well, God bless you guys. You have a great day and we'll talk to you next time.